Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good Friday afternoon. Welcome to the last edition of the Eagle Hour this week from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. I'm Bob Getty. Kelly Sanders with me here at Oak Grove and Lucas in Laurel. I want to thank Southern Bank Corps for their sponsorship of our studio broadcast and Thank you for tuning in on the Super Talk Network every uh, afternoon at one o'clock. We are glad that you're with us. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, so, w- well, first, let's uh, thank Dickie's Barbecue, of course, for their sponsorship of the show. Uh, Dickie's uh, serves delicious food seven days a week. They'll cater any event for your family, church, or business, large or small. And uh, we highly recommend them. The and, food is always great. Yeah, and you know the sides. Normally, when you'll go to these places, you get maybe a choice of like coleslaw or fries that's about all you get right but not at dickie's man they've, they've right. got tons of different sides they're all great and great uh fried okra my friend yeah well the okra and like i, I like the cream spinach but there's macaroni and cheese there's mm-hmm. you know baked beans there's just a whole bunch right. of different like a great uh, uh mashed potato casserole oh, yeah. Yeah. really really good so dickie's they're open seven days a week and uh, we hope you'll check them out all right uh, southern miss women's basketball Unable yesterday to overcome a frenzy of three-point shots from the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. The Lady Eagles fell 70-50 to yesterday afternoon. Uh, Four seniors on the team. Uh, Coach Joy Levis-Gallis had to say goodbye to them. Dominique Davis uh, had 14 points yesterday. Senior Kelsey Jones had 13 points. I watched. I watched most of the game. Uh, Kelly, I watched the entire first half of my office and – it was back and forth. It was very competitive. Uh, Middle Tennessee took a little bit of a lead uh, before half, but the, but the Lady Eagles were right in it, and then they just go stone cold, and the and the Blue Raider ladies get smoking hot, uh, no pun intended, uh, in the second half, and uh, and the difference was uh, turns out to be a, a twenty point loss. And that's why when we were talking yesterday here on the Eagle Hour, we were talking if they can get past Middle Tennessee, the matchup was much better between, as it turns out now, La Tech. They've beaten La Tech. I think they beat him twice mm-hmm. this year. So if they could have gotten past Middle Tennessee, uh, La Tech would have been there you know, laying in wait, and it just would have been a much better matchup. They're just the, Middle Tennessee for the Lady Eagles was just a bad matchup. Now, they hung with them you know, the first half, but then the second half, like I said, they hit a flurry of threes, and, and they pulled away. Just like FAU on the men. When you look at the FAU record, it's certainly nothing to write home about. But they just gave the men's basketball team yeah. fits. Yeah. Yeah. FAU was just a bad matchup for the guys. Some really good international players on Middle Tennessee. I'm interested in your thoughts about that. You know, kids that are playing on their national teams in Europe come here, uh, attend college, and play women's basketball. I mean, it's a free country, right? A lot of kids come here because of the education and because of the opportunity. The biggest problem that schools have – with international athletes being starters, is it's it's sometimes more difficult for the hometown people to um, to 
uh, find an emotional connection you know, to these kids when, when many times they don't even speak the same language. Right. All right, Luke. So the Lady Eagles come back home, and, and uh, I, I would certainly think are going to be invited Sunday to the NIT tournament. You would sure hope so. You look at what this team's done right now, eighteen and twelve, and it was just a it was it was a wasn't a tale of a bad half or a uh, of a first half or second half bad. It was a, it was a bad second quarter and a bad fourth quarter. Lady Eagles scored sixteen points, and and really they were all out of sorts. And I think their offensive woes in the second quarter was was exasperated by Middle Tennessee was just throwing. I mean, they only went twelve for forty two from three point. The entire game, but they still hit what half of their points were from behind the arc, and they didn't have a an answer for that. And I think because of when you're going down and you really live by you know like they did the day before in the paint, you go down and score two, and then they come back and pop you with a three, and then you look up and you know at halftime you're you're down eight, and then at the end of the third quarter you're down fourteen. They were never able to match the three for three, and that's really you know why that. Why that happened, but but you do think that this this Lady Eagle program, who you know for a, a few weeks was was first in the West, and you look at some of the pieces that they have, three of those uh, seniors were starters the last two days, so that's going to hurt. So you hope it's not their last uh, opportunity to play together. But with some of the prominence that you know Dominique Davis uh, being the Conference USA newcomer of the year, you feel like they will get uh, you know a shot in the WNIT. I don't want to beat a dead horse. Don't want to beat a dead horse. I know where you're going. And it's, you know, it doesn't matter now, but, you know, they just, they got screwed by the conference. They did. They should have, they should have had the first two buys. They shouldn't have been playing yesterday. And even with that, guess who's still sitting there now in the semifinals? The team that said it was a no contest. You know, Charlotte is playing North Texas this afternoon in one of the semifinals at 4.30. I think it would be hilarious, even though Charlotte is in Frisco, for Charlotte to say, I'm sorry, the weather's too bad. We can't get there from our hotel. Yeah, so we want it to be a no contest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah, you, you wish they could have thrown that back at the conference at some point. Right. Just, just to see what they would do. Yeah, so Charlotte and North Texas will play at 4.30 and win one semifinal. The other women's semifinal will be tonight. La Tech against Middle Tennessee. And on the women's side, Charlotte a one seed, North Texas a two seed. Again, they'll play at 430. Then at seven, La Tech a one seed, Middle Tennessee a two seed. Right. We'll play at seven. So the top the top four teams. We're never going to know the answer to this, but would that game have been ruled no contest had Southern Miss not been leaving Conference USA? Kelly? Of course, of course, it wouldn't have been ruled a no contest. You think same thing, Luke? Yeah, it's like one of those things. What if uh, Reggie Collier doesn't play for Tom Landry? I mean, it's one of those things you'll just mm-hmm. never know, right? We should mention on the men's side, there's a good football game going on between uh, Louisiana Tech and North Texas. It was twenty-one thirteen at the half, and <laughs> right now with four and a half minutes left, uh, Louisiana Tech's leading North Texas. Still a good football game going on, thirty-five twenty-nine. Yeah. Where are we on the men's bracket? Kelly? Well, La Tech and North Texas, as Luke just mentioned, they are playing. La Tech is a three seed playing the number one North Texas um, Mean Green. And what's interesting is if the Mean Green goes down, remember it was North Texas that got the tournament bid last year in the NCAA and won a first-round game. Well, if they don't come back and win this game against La Tech, you know, as good as they were during the regular season, you don't know that North Texas is going to get the bid, mm-hmm. right? So, so La Tech, 
the three seed leading the number one seed right now. And then the second game on the men's ledger today will start at two. And that'll be number one, Middle Tennessee from the east against the west number two seed, UAB. And that'll be a two o'clock start. And again, Conference USA in the past has only been a one bid league. So if North Texas can't pull this one out, um, man, and, and that's a shame. That's a shame because North Texas should get a bid. We don't have any skin in that game, but they should get a bid, even if they're beaten by La Tech. Yeah. And probably won't if they, you know. Luke, your thoughts on basketball here this year now that it's all over, both the men and women? You know, the women, you felt like you had enough to make a run um, because of the balance of, of bigs and shooters. Um, and so I feel like Coach McNell is a little disappointed that they they didn't extend that, but who knows what happens? And if you get into the postseason, you may you may find the matchups. It's it just the the matchup with Middle Tennessee did not bode well. And I I had totally forgotten about this yesterday. You know, we were up on them in the regular season, and there was like a fifteen point difference in about six minutes, and that's why we lost in the regular season. But when a team gets hot behind the arc at the right times. And separates possessions like that is just hard. So women, you you feel you know that like they felt they could have have made a little more run. Men on the other side, it's just um, what is a season like this? You know the, the most losses in in history. How is it going to affect the next couple years? How's it going to affect the present roster? Are we going to see a, a change in? You know, direction uh, from uh, from you know the, from Jeremy McLean. You know, d- with with Jay Ladner, are we going to see a new coach? Um, what will what will be going forward if they do decide on a new coach? You know, what direction will they take? Will they go to a, a veteran? Will they will they give a, a young guy with with little experience? You know, or energy? We we don't know all those things. It's just the uncertainty on the men's side, and and uh, you just hope. You remember last year after we had a tough. Tough season. How some of these other programs, because it's the Wild West now, the, the transfer portal. They were actively trying to, you know, pick off guys underneath, and uh, you just you you hope that doesn't happen with some of this roster. Here's a, here's the other thing about basketball in general, Bob. That I don't like. This has nothing to do with Southern Miss, but basketball in general. And I saw this coming, and not because I'm a hot stuff. I'm just old as dirt. When they put the three point shot in, I said it's going to be a matter of time before the three point shot is college basketball. When, when, we, when you and I were growing up, it was, you know, Lou Alcindor and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You had to get it into the big guy to put it home. Now it's just go down the court and throw it up from 40 feet. And are we far away from a four-point shot? Yeah. Now, I mean, it's just, I mean, when teams are making 14 threes and they're not even trying to get it inside, completely changes the game, and, and I would argue, for the worse. Rumors and uncertainty swirling around Southern Miss basketball right now. We'll keep our ears to the... Uh... Here's to the grindstone. If we hear anything that affects either the men or the women's program, we'll certainly pass it along. Lots of baseball to talk about. We'll get to that next. Second uh, segment sponsor on the Eagle Hour every day is Campus Bookmark at campusbookmark.net. We appreciate them. Hope that you'll uh, buy all your Southern Miss apparel from them because you'll find uh, the best selection anywhere. 
Miss Kathleen is a very charming lady, and she'll help you in any way she can. Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. I got a funny Kathleen story. You want to hear it real yeah, quick? go ahead. I went in to get some of my latest stuff, and I saw what the prices were on the rack. Which, well, she had to go to the back room to get my size, right? And she says, okay, well, it'll be this much. And I said, wait a minute. The rack says, and she said, yeah, those sizes are that price. <laughs> <laughs> not not your size. I said, seriously? My, she said, well, you know. More material. It is. Yeah, hey. Took longer to sew it. That's right. But for guys like you or me, Kelly, I mean, Go Gold Friday becomes like Big Bird Friday. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, Scott Berry will be joining us Monday as always. Tuesday, we're going to have Roger Hoover on the show. He is the play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide, baseball Crimson Tide that will be Who'd here they- who did they get beat by this week, Bob? North Alabama beat, by? beat Alabama in baseball this week. So uh, you just don't ever know uh, in the sport of baseball. No baseball tonight, Golden Eagle fans. You probably know that. Uh, inclement weather and bad weather, however you want to say it. Uh, in the, this is actually going to be snowing tonight in Dallas. I find that a little hard to believe. But in the 30s, uh, not baseball weather. So no game tonight. Doubleheader tomorrow starting at 1 o'clock. Uh, They'll play immediately after that and then play on Sunday. All the games, by the way, I've been asked about this, can be streamed for free on the Patriot Broadcasting Network. So you can go to patriotbroadcasting.com, and it will bring the page up, and you can stream all the games for free, courtesy of Dallas Baptist. Ben Etheridge scheduled to start the first game against Jacob Metter. This is interesting, Kelly. I know you're a baseball guy. So in in our first game, our pitcher has a 4.5 ERA, Metter 0.63. Second game, our pitcher, Hunter Riggins, a 0.45 ERA, Luke Eldred, a 3.77 ERA for the Patriots. So if that means anything, you got to figure the odds are against Southern Miss in the first game and in the Golden Eagles' favor in the second. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, based on past performance, that's where the ERA comes from. So then, so then theoretically, it would all come down to the rubber game of the match. And either one right. of these teams, with the Patriots having a, the 21 RPI and Southern Miss having the 23 RPI, either one of these teams would be thrilled to, to, to get two out of the three, out of the right. series. All right, so what. Hershon Waldrop, 1.17 ERA, the Sunday pitcher, Ryan Johnson, 2.38. So can we conclude from this, Luke Johnson, that – We'll lose the first game and win the next two. No. <laughs> as long as what's you get it, two out of what's three, What's interesting babe. to me is the, the the second game tomorrow, so game two, you got a redshirt senior against a graduate s- student. Yeah. that That's like just old wise men pitching to each other. That could be a very, very, very low-scoring game. What does bode well, I think, what's interesting about all six starting pitchers is there's no southpaws in there. All righties for both teams. Mm. I think the right-handed pitching helps the Golden Eagles. Um, not, I'm not saying gives them a series, uh, a favor, uh, an upper hand in the series. I am saying though that that bodes well to them. And you know, just to come think about it, I mean, we've hit some lefties this year, but you know, it seems as if we're not so concerned. It seemed like last year and the year before, or, or in '19, every matchup we're saying, "Oh no, they're throwing a lefty." It doesn't seem like in the first. Uh, three weeks of the season, we haven't brought up South Pole's 
dominating right. you know, this, um, right. th- this lineup, and it could have been they're not facing as much as they usually do. Dallas Baptist, a super regional team last year, and they're a 40-win team practically every year. But Kelly Sander, they're 6-6 six and six so far on the year. What do, we, what do we take from that? Nothing, because look at the fact that they have a 21 RPI. It means they're, they've been playing stiff competition. Right. Now, they said you know, the other day uh, when, when we were uh, talking to the, the radio voice, Reagan, you know, he was saying that that they just haven't looked themselves. But again, you gotta you gotta consider who you're playing. You know, if you play North Alabama every day, you're gonna think you're gonna win the College World Series. Well, when you're playing teams like they've been playing up to this point, and in fairness, the teams that Southern Miss has been playing, you know, um, there, there's certainly a little bit more room for error when you're playing those types of teams as the in, instead of the cream puffs. How about yeah. this? The Golden Eagle pitching staff. You talked a little bit about this yesterday. Leads the nation. And strikeout to walk ratio, uh, they are they are, have the fewest walks in the nation, and uh, they're ranked uh, eighth in earn run average. They're that's that's pretty good. And of those statistics, the one that people will sweep under the rug most often, and they shouldn't, is walks because it's not the fewest hit. walks per nine innings, one point six walks a game. It will not the base hit or the double to the gap is not going to kill you. What's going to kill you is the two walks ahead of that double to the gap. And when you're, oh, yeah. when you're yeah. only walking one guy a game. Yeah. When you're filling the zone up. Well, you we got, saw it. You, we yeah. saw it Tuesday night against South Al. They had that big inning because we hit two batters in a row and then give up a three-run bomb. There so you go. You See? can't give up the free passes. No, so when you're looking at those, those pitching stats, I mean, man, if you're not walking people, you're in every single game. I don't care who you're playing. If you if they you don't give them anything free, you have a good chance to win. Think about this. Number one in the nation in strikeout to walk ratio in the fewest walks per nine innings and number eight in the nation in earn run average. If you do that all year long, you're you've got a real shot at making it to Omaha. Yeah, but but with uh with Al up in the stands, we we've got the most walkers in the country too, I think. Don't we up in the <laughs> He wants you to know that he's he's, yeah. he's laying for you. I yeah. want, I want, you should probably know that. He's, yeah, he's waiting. I just to want see you to know you. today. <laughs> my father-in-law. We were talking this morning, and uh, who, who, by the way, he is a uh, now a card-carrying member of the uh, Kilnack fan club. Okay. Oh, great. So he said. He said, I enjoyed that uh, that that oh. Kilnack <laughs> when he said. He said, uh, the oldest person walking into Pete Taylor Park. And I was like, I don't think that's what it was, but the answer is Al Holder. That's all we need <laughs> that, to know. That, that's right. Dead man walking. He, he has said the 12th of never. If he said it one time this week, he said it about 10 times. The 12th of never. However, that's over because the Eagles beat South Al. Yes, that's correct. Yes. And more to come. More, more, more wins against the Jags later on this year. And we hear Kilnack. Kelnack has agreed through his agent to come back. As long as there's a parking space for Hump outside. We're going to put some hay out there and a bucket of water, <laughs> here, and Hump should be cool for the hour. But, that you know, Kelnack because be Michael, Michael Mergens is, is our production manager for both of these fine Super Talk stations. He, he did not have, like, a glaring review. Like, if his Rotten Tomatoes score, it was a smushed tomato. So I just I want to know if our production manager has been consulted in this rebroadcast of he's aware. Kelnick. He's aware, he's aware that Kelnack is coming back. Well, in the, in the production meeting, we were talking about, about Kelnack. It took Mergens 20 minutes to come up with 
I mean, he's, an, a magici- he's a magician with all this music yeah. and sound oh, no, effects and stuff he's like that. He's the guru of music. Yeah, he came up with, what, with that What are stuff. these things called production meetings? What, what do they look like? Yeah, when do they they're happen? They're pretty serious, aren't they, Kelly? Yeah, they, they take place in, in Bob's office. But since they take place with a text message about now, 30 seconds before we go on air. Now, now, you do know, Kelly, you do know that we have another member of our staff who claims to me that you took the glory for his writing, that he wrote most of those Kelnak. He wrote, he wrote one Kelnak. And who are you joke. referring to? Caleb Hamill, who was actually going to join us next week, I understand. Yeah, he's going to be with us at Fuzzies. Yeah, Luke is out a little he bit He said he week. even wrote the, uh, he wrote the one about Mississippi State and, and the batters, and he's a bulldog to the bone. Just shows, just shows you. He, oh, wait, we, we're not allowed to mention that on the show. I'm sorry. But but he is. He's a bulldog to the bone. Right down the middle. But he, he called right. it right down the middle. But So did he really? I mean, did you did one. you take the glory for something that uh, well, nobody, he actually did? You guys are both lifting the curtain on. See, this is this. We're supposed to present this. You know, I didn't this, do anything. This imagination. I that, believe in the Wizard of Oz. I'm not I'm not looking go. at who's behind the curtain to the right. Kelnak divines the answers. He Bob. does. Yeah. That's true. He divines them. No one writes nope, anything. Right. Kelnak in his the only the only how, how person that cheated mystical ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The seems. only person that deflected glory was Mister Getty, who apparently peaked or unsealed the hermetically <laughs> I, I sealed did. envelope. I, I and, unsealed them and then resealed them on, on the Dr. Bennett's front porch. I was say, yes, Dr. Yes. Bennett's dog is not going to let that happen. Well, anymore. I had to leave a little early when the alarm went off, but I was able <laughs> yes. to get back to the car and, and leave before he was able to wake and realize that it was it was me on the front porch. You guys, one of the one of the cogs to the Southern Miss team, of course, this year is Dustin Dickerson and, uh, and the way that he's played. And Trey Sutton is his coach. Is that a segue? Huh? Is that a segue I'm hearing? S e g u e, I think is how you spell that. I yeah, but, uh, wow. and Trey Sutton, you know, the head baseball coach at West Jones High School. He himself, I think, a lot of people don't realize, at least nowadays, how good a player Trey Sutton was. Oh, it was tremendous. The, statistically, the the best hitter, like non-power. He's the best contact hitter in Southern Miss. Three fifty-three career average in Division One in four years. That's pretty damn good. The most injury-prone too. We should add. Coach Palmer said I could put a piece of tape in the locker room, and Trey would trip over it and sprain his ankle. Now that's not a very nice way to talk about the guy that's about to be Corky the guest said it. on the show. I didn't say it. Corky said, "Ah, oh, you And I'll I tell you what, people talk bad about us all the time. And when we get to talk to Trey Sutton too, I'm going to talk about when he was a student and he would go to Southern Miss basketball games, and he would get down there on the front row and wear officials And out. we're going to break the bad news to Trey that you're building a house in his neighborhood. Something <laughs> tells me he's not aware of this. Property values going down as we speak. Hey, we roll along from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel this afternoon, Friday edition of the Eagle Hour, and we want to thank you uh, very much for tuning in. 
and remind you about 4th Street Bar and Grill, uh, Slade and the guys. And, Kelly, I know that all the Golden Eagle baseball games will be front and center come Saturday afternoon. And all the Conference USA basketball games. I mean, the semis are today. The, the uh, women will take center court tomorrow or later on this afternoon and then tonight and then the finals tomorrow. And, of course, there is no college baseball in town, so that's a great place to go watch. Now, have the you ever Dallas been known Baptist to uh, drink a cold one and, and watch a game at 4th Street Burger? And not, not drink a cold one. Not, I've never been guilty of drinking a cold one. <laughs> Trey Sutton joins the Eagle Hour now. He's one of the great baseball players in Southern Miss history. Stats are incredible. 353 career average in Division One baseball. 327 hits, 136 RBI. Uh, batted 375 one year of his career. So, Trey... Uh, Great member of Southern Miss baseball, and and you coached up and developed a kid that is certainly becoming a great uh, name in Southern Miss baseball. And Dustin Dickerson, he made he he does it pretty regularly, but he made some plays the other night against Tulane that you you kind of shake your head and say, "Did I just see him do that?" Uh, you had him for three years, uh, sophomore through uh, senior year. I'm sure played a big role in his development. But when did you first know that Dustin Dickerson was a special player and, uh, you know, was really going to stand out from the pack? Uh, probably the first ground ball I saw him take, to be honest. Uh, he just – in all my years of playing high school baseball and now coaching high school baseball, there's there's not a better uh, defender at the shortstop position that I've, that I've seen. Um he just and I don't know. You know, his dad's a, a big league infield coach, and uh, I'm sure he uh, really, really harped on the right things at an early age for Dustin. But he's obviously blessed with with God given ability too. So um, he, uh, you know, you talk about the play made the other night. Uh, we were sitting out in the roost watching, and and everybody went crazy, and I was just kind of like, mm, yeah. I've seen that one before. You know, I mean, just mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. see it all the time. I mean, I had the privilege of seeing it for three years every day, uh, just what he could do defensively. And, and here lately, the last, you know, the last half of last year and the last week or so, uh, he's shown he's developed at the plate some too. So he's, he's kind of becoming an, a complete ball player. He did, he did another one Saturday against, against Louisiana, and their announcers just went on and on and on about it. They attempted to steal second base. He comes over to take the throw from catcher. He doesn't block the base, which would have would have been a problem, but he very nonchalantly put his knee between the base and the runner, caught the ball as the runner had to go over his knee to try and touch the bag. He tagged him out. So it wasn't interference, but it was just as natural as it could be. And uh, I guess those are the sort of techniques that he learned from you and, and I assume his father it sort of separate him. Am I right about that? Little things yeah, like are, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't take probably. I probably can't take a whole lot of credit for some of that. I I know when Dustin was in high school here, and, and Bobby was at home, uh, and we were practicing. Which you know, every year it wasn't wasn't long. He was in town, you know, a week or two maybe right when we started practicing. But I I'd, I'd get him out here as often as I could and I just stand off and listen and let him work with infielders. So mm-hmm. I uh I learned a lot just listening to him a little bit for three years and um you know the tag play at second base, if you talk to Dustin, I think he'd tell you that's that's something he really takes a lot of pride in. And it's something that, you know, um 
it's such a, a little part of the game, a small part of the game. Uh, but you go to you go watch high school baseball, and, and there's not a lot of people that do it right uh, or do it you know in a way that that can maximize uh, that opportunity to get an out for your team. And I think that uh, Dustin obviously does a really, really good job of that. And we've talked about lineage in baseball, and, and I just we don't have to, to dwell on it, but I just want to take a chance to, um, you know, Trey Sutton himself, we've talked about his accomplishments, but his dad, Rick, was a really good baseball player. So when we're talking about father and son combinations, mm-hmm. Rick Sutton should get a lot of credit too. He was, he was quite a player in his day. But I have to say, Trey, one of the things, not only were you a great player at Southern Miss, but you would, you would do whatever you could for the basketball team. And what I mean by that is, at any home game at Southern Miss, you could go to Reed Green Coliseum, and from the opening tip till the end of the game, you could see Trey Sutton standing up on the rail, sometimes. Most of the times, he was right there on the rail, though, and wearing officials and other teams' benches out. Bob and Luke, he was merciless, merciless to these other players. I mean, he, he's there in a game, and he's telling the, the, the opposing team's benches right there, and he'll yell at these guys. He'll say, you know you're only there for your grade point. You know, you're no good. Your girlfriend is ashamed of you. <laughs> Trey, I'll give you a chance to defend yourself here. Is this Kelly making this up? Guilty. <laughs> uh, no, we had a blast at those games, man. It was uh, – it was, uh, yeah, there were a couple of times I walked over or I walked in the door to practice or for a game and uh, Coach Palmer would be like, son, you got to calm down over there. I'm like, why, Coach? Yeah. We're, just, we're just having a good time. You know, he would, he would give me a hard time about it, but, uh, man, we had fun doing that. Now, it was, uh, now Trey, was do you want to tell us anything about the the uh, dry erase board that you would also have down there to send messages uh, to them? No, just that we had it down there. So <laughs> we'll, we'll right. just leave it there. Right. And, 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 I, and I thought Luke made a very insulting comment to you during the break, uh, Trey, about the basketball. You want to repeat that, uh, Luke? Yeah, I just was – the previously mentioned Corky Palmer always told us that he could put a piece of tape down in the locker room and Trey would trip over it and sprain his ankle. So, Sutton, we were just verifying on air that, that you never injured yourself during said jeering action, but you actually said that you almost did several times. Yeah, there was a couple times I think I took a spill. Um, <laughs> but but thankfully, you know, for myself and, and for Coach Palmer, it, it never did result in, a, in an actual injury. Good stuff. Yeah. Hey, so so this Southern Miss team this year, because not only you coach at West Jones, you're you're a fan of your Golden Eagles. Four hitters this year above 340. Eagles are striking out 40 times less than what they have at this point last year. And we're kind of in, you know, Travis Creel. We're starting to see his approach, you know, his hitting coach uh, approach play out in in in. You know, at bats and and things, and and one of the guys, you know, particularly Slade Wilkes is is really driving the ball. You know, doubles and and is that what we're seeing? We're seeing Creel's approach in, in maybe a different way than what we've seen uh, hitting at Southern Miss over the last decade. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think what you have down there is a, a stellar staff um, that do an outstanding job of developing the kids that they get on campus. Um, you know, Creel on the offensive side and, and defensive side and, and Coach Oz with the pitchers. I mean, uh, I think you've, you know, we're really blessed to have what we have staff-wise. Um, and then Coach Barry leading the way, obviously. But 
it's it's a really really knowledgeable staff, and um, you know I, I think like you said, you're starting to really see the the offensive side develop, and and uh, Coach Oz has has obviously been developing that that pitching staff for where for several years. Where does this pitching staff this year and the the pieces that they have, Trey, kind of rank up there and what you've seen over the last decade? I mean, it's I. As far as a whole staff, I, I don't know if, if there is a better one. I feel like we say that every every successive year, though. You know, I think that's a credit to Coach Ostrander and the job that he does uh, just developing guys. I mean, it, it, everybody we run out there is is uh, is throwing well, and, and everybody knows once you get into you know later in the season and in postseason conference tournament regionals, et cetera, uh, that that pitching depth is so important, and you can't ever have have enough good arms to uh, to run out there and get guys out. Isn't it true that's what separates, uh, Trey, the teams that make it to Omaha and the other really good teams that get to the regionals but don't get that far? Isn't it many times the depth of their pitching staff and the health of their pitching staff? Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right on the mark there. I think, um, you know, unless things just go according to plan the entirety of the postseason, you're going to lose a ball game somewhere. And uh, in most cases, that puts you behind the uh, the eight ball a little bit, I think, uh, having to fight your way out of some kind of loser's bracket, which means more innings played, more more innings on the mound. And, and just the ability to run out quality guy after quality guy is, is huge if you get in that situation. Well, on behalf of all of us that follow and love Southern Miss baseball, we want to thank you for your development of Dustin Dickerson and, and guiding him in our direction. Uh, he's an awfully, awfully impressive young man. Well, thank you. I uh, I think I think most of my coaching with Dustin was just to get out of the way and let him do his thing. So <laughs> sometimes that's the best coaching job we can do is just let a let a kid uh, you know do what he does. So, but he's fun to watch, and I'm glad he's in black and gold. All right, Trey. Thanks for joining us, man. We're always good to have you on the Eagle Hour. Thanks, guys. All right, Trey Sutton, everybody. One of the Really one of the great baseball players, Kelly Sander, in Southern Miss history, no doubt about that. Yeah, but he's one of those guys that kind of goes under the radar, you know. But, I mean, talk about consistency. A great hitter. Man, I love a great player. Give me consistency any day. We got Sutton. Y'all got nothing. That <laughs> there was you the go. rally cry. We'll be back. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Trey Sutton for joining us uh, in that segment. That was a fun conversation and uh, great, great Southern Miss Golden Eagle there. Southern Bancor Studio, that's where we're broadcasting from in Laurel and Hattiesburg. It's me and Kelly in Hattiesburg and Luke in Laurel. This segment sponsored by D1 and D-Bat, a great place to take your child to fine-tune their baseball or softball game and a great place to take yourself. If you're an adult athlete and you want to get better at tennis or golf or whatever your sport is, they've got a program there that can help you. State-of-the-art facility, expert trainers, great staff, and uh, just uh, we're blessed to have D1 and D-Bat 
here in Hattiesburg. Luke is actually not the only person now at the Southern Bank Corps studio. I would say his better half, but that's an understatement, I would think, his uh, better full size, wouldn't you say? Luke yeah. and Lauren. Luke and, and see, Lauren. when we say Luke and Lauren, it takes me back to General Hospital back in the early 80s when the two main characters were Luke <laughs> you're gonna and Laura. Lose, you're going to lose Luke here now. He, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't hang I with I thought Bob was going to have some type of uh, engine whistle, you know, like the, well, the choo-choo I? sound. No. Because the gravy train has arrived? <laughs> yes, we need to work on that. Where is Mergens when we need him? All aboard! Yes, all aboard. Uh, you know, Kelly did say all aboard, and Luke has a ticket, Lauren. Congratulations <laughs> on becoming a, a, an official nurse practitioner. Thank you very much. Golly, man. We, we've already decided that, that Kelly does not get free medical advice. He was hinting. He was hinting. Well, most physicians, I think if they were to cut me open now, they'd just sew me back up and call hospice. I think I think it's gotten that bad. But yeah. only the good Lord knows, right? Well, Lauren, we're glad to have you in the studio. How is life as a nurse practitioner? It is going well. Um, just adjusting to a new job. Uh, I'm enjoying it, though. Very much so. Well, good. Well, good. Uh, we're, we're glad to have you, and uh, hope, hope you don't mind. Yeah, that as I told you during the break, you know all that uh, gravy train stuff is how how us weird minds show love, Lauren. I think you knew, but you told me you knew that, so that's yeah. Good. I was going to say I don't know what that says about me, but um, that's she understood my love language it. as well. I get it. Yeah, you know, she understood me. Since she's telling. since she's off on Friday, she spent the entire morning studying for these uh, next. CUSA baseball picks, Bob. Oh, yeah. Well, she and, and very quickly, let me say, anybody in the healthcare profession, as much as they have to study and as much as they have to pay intuition to gain the knowledge that they get, they deserve every penny 100%. that they make. So 100%. there you go. I agree 100%. Thank you very much. And I uh, agree. All right, Lauren. Uh, we know you're up to speed, too, on not only medicine, but the Conference USA baseball. So we're going to let you jump in here in the picks. Uh, all right, let's get to the series. There are a lot of them. Let's get going. All right, we'll start with you guys over in Laurel, and uh, we'll go with Lauren first, and then Luke. Texas Tech playing a weekend series at Rice. Tech. Luke? Texas Tech. It, it should be entertaining. Rice may get one of those, but Texas Tech's going to win. Rice is a sad story. Three and ten. The great Rice program, Kelly. They, they don't win this. Oh, oh, the old man, Wayne Graham, ain't looking too bad he right looks, now, is he? He looks pretty daggum good. Uh, Mary Mack, I have absolutely no clue, is playing at Marshall, Lauren. Who do you like in that one? I would definitely say Marshall. Luke? Go Herd. Uh, seeing that I don't have a clue, please tell me you don't know Mary Max. <laughs> of course I do. They're coached by Robin Hood. Robin Hood and his Mary Mack. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Mary Mack and Marshall. the kind of Kelnack? Is it? Yeah, the <laughs> Kelnack's third cousin. Uh, how do you like there, Kelly? Uh, who's po- uh, Marshall? Yeah, Marshall. Marshall's been a little bit of a surprise this year. I, I right. like the herd. All right, North Lauren. Mandover, Massachusetts. Bob. There we go. Stony Brook. Is it Old Dominion, Lauren? Um, I have not heard of Stony Brook. We'll go with Old Dominion. ODU. Yeah, you'd ha- you'd have to be pretty good. I don't care who you are. You have to be pretty good to beat Old Dominion. ODU's ten and one. Yeah. So uh, Belmont. We're not talking about the race. Is it UAB, Lauren? <laughs> uh, UAB. Mm-hmm. Kelly. I mean, uh, Luke Blazers. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to take uh, Belmont. Belmont is in Nashville. You know, um, I'm going to take Belmont to get two out of those three. Uh, UAB wins that. Lauren, Illinois is at Western Kentucky. Uh, two Yankee teams playing. Mm, Western Kentucky. Kentu- I'll go with the Hilltoppers. Kentucky cold a- up in Illinois. Kentucky's a northern team. Well, Kentucky's not a southern team, Kelly. Oh, 
They well, might be considered in the they're South. They're kind of borderline. They're, they're kind of borderline right they're just there. Not. Kind of yeah. like their baseball not, program. Lauren's right. They're not really Southern, but uh, I, I think Western Kentucky wins. I don't. I'll take the Illini. All right. Sacred Heart at Florida Atlantic. How could you bet against a team called Sacred Heart, Lauren? <laughs> FAU. Coach Mack. Lauren, did you listen to what I just said? I, I did. Okay. I mean, All right. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to be safe. I'm going with Sacred Heart, Kelly. Were you no. talking about Sacred Heart High School in Hattiesburg? Or no, no. <laughs> Florida Atlantic will win. Yeah, right? probably so. All right, Lauren. Middle Tennessee is at Auburn, and we hate the SEC. So who are you for in this one? Mm-mm. Auburn. Plainsman. Mm-mm. I'm uh, for Middle Tennessee, but I but think Auburn, Auburn will win. win. Houston Baptist, Lauren, is at Louisiana Tech. We know, we know you love Louisiana Tech. Oh, yeah, La Tech. I actually did some basketball camps there back in the day. There you go, Luke. Uh, I will pull for Houston Baptist because it's Louisiana Tech. Dumb pick, but there we go. The Tech wins. <laughs> yeah, they do. I All right, agree. Lauren, we've got to speed it up here. Jacksonville's at Florida International. Jacksonville. Luke. Jacksonville. Kelly. FIU. FIU. Appalachia State at Charlotte. 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 UTSA is at Oklahoma, Lauren. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Boomer, Boomer. Boomer Sooner. And Lauren... Southern Miss is at Dallas Baptist. To the top. Luke? Broom. Get a broom. Oh, broom. I'll be happy with two out of three, but I'm taking the Eagles. Eagles win the series. Lauren, it's a great pleasure. You're welcome on the show anytime. We love you, and congratulations to you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. (laughs) All right, everybody. Southern Miss. To the top. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.